Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Yes, yes. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good people. It is Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. Wake up with Ray G. We in the building, baby. Jay, how you doing this morning, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good, you know. We had to uh, get the graphics situated. We had to make sure we had the headphones on. I had to actually Bro. produce this morning. You did. I don't know if you guys out there have Apple Watches and have iPhones, but the most triggering sound for me is the sound when someone on their Apple Watch hits the button to find their phone. I hear that about three to four times a day because my mom is constantly losing her phone. So it made me laugh this morning. Ray goes out of the room to go get his coffee, and I hear his phone ringing because I knew he hit the button on, the, on his watch. Made me laugh this morning, but we're here. Bro. Wake up is here. I hear people in the comments asking about weigh-ins. Weigh-ins start on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. I got that completely wrong, so it'll be Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon. Um, but, man, I'm just excited for the combine. This is, this is like the worst drawn-out wait all week. Not fun, but I'm excited. So so first of all let's say good morning to the people damn the comments shane david in the building sam terrence rico matt adrian uh david g chris i don't i haven't seen my son wake up yet lindsey mack in the building roro mike dylan george carlo appreciate y'all being here dude so not only can i never find my damn phone I can never find my keys and I always have a bad habit of putting my wallet somewhere and I can't find it. So I went and bought the like the Apple tag things. Oh, yeah. Air tag. Uh, Air tag. And I drilled it into my wallet. Like I just like just because I can never find my wallet. So I got Air tag on this Air tag on my damn keys. Air tag on my iPad case. Like, bro, I need to put one on my uh, AirPods. Like I can't find shit, man. So I need to. um gotta find my stuff man but glad you're here today jay do we got any news yes, we got sir. a lot of stuff to talk about man the combine is is in full effect man we're seeing people start to get interviews with players i saw jordan reed talk to chris olave the other day shout out jay reed espn uh and he said are you gonna run four three and he was like we'll see we'll see uh so it's an exciting time man it's an exciting time Shout out to our partners, man. Prize Picks, the exclusive fantasy gaming partner. Wake Up TV. Make sure you tap into Prize Picks. The combine line seems to have settled down, but I still think there's some good, some good action, some good juice for for some of those overs. If you get on Prize Picks right now, use the promo code Wake Up. Link in the description. Click it. Boom. Go there. And don't forget, we're giving away a signed full size Jonathan Taylor helmet. Jay, I think it should be in like today. Um, so full size Jonathan Taylor helmet with pristine auction. All you got to do is register. With pristine auction, they give you $10 off. You don't even have to buy shit, right? Register. You need to buy something. But if you don't, you can entry into the full-size Jonathan Taylor helmet giveaway. And I will cover shipping costs. So I just, you get it for free. Register free Jonathan Taylor helmet if you if you enter and win. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast. The Wake Up with Ray G feed. Jay, did I cover all of the housekeeping stuff? Free newsletter. Subscribe to everything free is newsletter, free. Yeah. Giving y'all a bunch of stuff. You get free money with prize picks. Free entry into yep. a JT helmet giveaway with pristine. 
Christine yep. auction, free information from a newsletter. You're supposed to say, yep, yep. keep keep yepping me up, right? I think that's all the free stuff. I think that's all the free that's all the free. I think that's all the free stuff we're getting away. And if you want to tap into the community, patreon.com forward slash prospect talk. But any news going on in the NFL world, Jay, that that I may have missed? Uh, not a ton, man. Mostly GM interviews was the biggest thing. Like there was a little bit of a story yesterday with Bruce Arians because he was asked if Tom Brady were to come back, what would it cost to get him? He said five first. Okay, Bruce, you're not a GM, but whatever. But the more interesting topic was he said, if you wanted to go play for another team, would you like be okay with that? Would you support that? He's like, nah, man, that's bad business. So that made its little round yesterday. Um, Frank Wright was asked about Carson Wentz. And he's kind of like, you know, we're going to see. We're not quite there yet. Basically saying that he's not committed to Carson Wentz as his quarterback. Other than that, well, those are kind of the two big stories that I saw. Um, like you said, Chris Olave thing from Jordan Reed was really cool. Hoping he runs 4-3, but maybe not, you know, for some of my bets. But that would be kind of cool to see him run 4-3. Outside of that, man, I don't. I didn't see a whole lot. Right, You know, <laughs> players were just arriving yesterday. So it was wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends arrived yesterday, set, checked in, all that stuff. But it was mostly GM interviews, head coaches, things like that. So that's why there was some access from the wide receivers. But for the most part... Just like stupid talk, like who's the GM for the Jaguars saying LaVisca Chenault ain't dead yet? Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. EFF yeah. has a nice little headline. Yeah. It's just, it's nothing that really is consequential. Once the players actually are doing drills or we start getting some measurements on these guys, that's when we'll have some actual information to not quite act upon, but complete a larger picture as far as these prospect profiles go. All right, appreciate you, man. Well, let's talk about it. Let's, let's, let's talk about the combine and what that means for us in fantasy football. So, you know, Jay and I have been going back and forth as to what we wanted to do this week for content, right? And unfortunately, we don't do well, fortunately, but unfortunately for everybody out there, because we do, do love talking about this, we don't do a show on Friday. So Thursday is when like the real action happens for the positions that matter most to us for fantasy football, uh, the wide receivers, the running backs, and I believe the QBs, I think I sent you that list. But Thursday is when we get a lot of the on-field testing. So the 40-yard dash times, vertical jump, broad jump, three-cone, short shuttle, all the on-field drills. So we won't be able to discuss the outcome of those on Friday, but the, the combine and all the on-field stuff is going to run all the way through Sunday, right? So bright and early Monday morning, we'll recap everything we saw, takeaways. But it's, it's, it's a part of the season for me where I've learned in my process that I'm not going to overreact too much to what happens at the combine, right? For me, the big thing, Jay, is I'm very interested in height and weight, right? Like, I learned. Last year, I touted Rondell Moore all draft season. Literally, the day of the draft, we put out a Rondell Moore hype video that that was my guy for 2021. If there was going to be a mold breaker, it was going to be Rondell Moore. And I learned through that process that as good as five foot seven, five foot eight wide receivers are in college and as athletic and as crazy, just talented as they are, the, the chance of success for fantasy purposes, hell, even the regular NFL is, is probably slim to none when you're that size and you're being asked to out yak everybody else on the field, right? So I, I want to make sure a Wondell Robinson isn't five seven, five eight. Kyron Williams, if he comes in as, as great as Philip Lindsay had, those two-year runs, that two-year stretch with Denver, where we went back-to-back 1,000 -back yards, and we were thinking Philip Lindsay could be the next thing, right? Like, he's, he's a, he's a locked-and-loaded dynasty asset. At 5'9", 195 pounds, like, it just they, – they, they brought in Melvin Gordon. They looked to replace him. So, for me, what I'm using the combine for is it's a piece of the puzzle – 
I'm not going to overreact uh, to, to anything that I see, right? Traylon Burks goes out there and runs fast, Jay. I'm not about to fly him up the boards because, damn it, we know he's fast. Like, I know Traylon Burks is fast. Isaiah Spiller goes out there and runs a 4-6-1. I'm not going to move him down because I think he's about a 4-5-8 to 4-6-3 guy. And that's fine. That's where, I, that's where I believe he's at. So I'm not going to swing the pendulum too far in either direction based on the combine. But I do want to see, you know, I, I want to make sure these guys are as big as they say they are, right? Is Traylon Burks really 6-3? 225 is, is, uh, you know, Isaiah Spiller really 6'1", 220. Like, let's see height and weight. Kyron, please, fingers crossed, you're coming in at 200 pounds, right? Like, I don't even need you to be too, just come in at 200 pounds. 5'8", 5'9", 200 pounds, I'm good with you, right? If some of these guys come in much smaller than their listed playing weight, and then they test as a below average athlete, well, then there's no way in the world that I'm going to advocate taking you know, Kyron Williams ahead of this player or that player, if he's five foot seven, 192 pounds, like it's just the chance of fantasy success is is limited so much. It just comes down. So for me, that that's sort of how I'm approaching the combine, Jay. I'm really, really, really interested in the height and weight of these players. Not so much as so much of the on-field testing. Certain positions, it matters, right? You know, when I'm looking, and we're just going to stay on the Isaiah Spiller thing now because we'll talk about him in a second, and we'll look at the mock that we just did. But, you, you know, Spiller does run a, a, a 4.63. Say he runs 4.63. What does that mean? Oh, that means uh, he was still top 20 in the in college football in 15-plus yard runs. Um, his longest career touchdown run at Texas A&M, I believe, was like 49 yards. So what that tells me is he's probably not going to be a guy at the NFL level to take a to take a to take a stretch zone 70 yards to the house. It's probably not going to happen. It's probably going to be more like those chunk plays, 20, 30, 40 yard runs, which is fine, right? But I know his upside in that department is a little bit limited. Wide receiver position, kind of different, right? Cooper Cup, we've all heard. Cooper Cup ran a 4.6. Uh, you know, Anquan Bolden ran a 4.7. Keenan Allen ran a 4.77, I believe. And these guys were absolute studs in fantasy. So I- I'm learning to appreciate the process, but not overreact to the process. And those are just some of the things that I've learned and hope that as we as we roll into to literally the rolling combine events, people kind of keep that in mind as we move forward, Jay. Yeah, 100%. And what you're talking about for people, just having to simplify it a little bit, is it's t- is you're trying to find a level of confidence in a player. And we're trying to find thresholds because these thresholds have shown sustained sustain- sustained success in the NFL. And so basically what you're saying is that you want to see Kyron hit 200, 205, because we've seen players at that weight play for longer and play much better than guys who are at lower weights and lower heights and all these various things. And the other thing I would mention that you didn't really cover so much is that for receivers, a lot of times you want to look to agility drills more than the raw speed of some of these players, because the agility is what's going to get you in and out of breaks. It's going to get you that separation we talk about during the route. And then on top of that, depending on how their release package is, that's another way they can separate without having that elite speed. Like we're talking about with the Cooper cup or other slot receivers and guys that can win outside with their feet. Devontae Adams is a great example. I believe he ran like a 4.62. And again, a guy literally known as one of the best receivers in the league, but didn't run fast. And so don't focus on the speed. The speed is important. But like you said, oftentimes people double count when it comes to speed. The receivers, you want to see how natural they look, their release packages. And I, I honestly, the play, one of the players I'm most excited to see by far is Kyron Williams in the receiving drills. Like he's, he's the guy that I've been waiting to see. Can he stack up with Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller? Because there's just so much 
I don't want to say tension there, but there's so much debate as to who's the top running back. And I really think if Walker can show well in the receiving drills, he will have a really good shot, not just from a fantasy perspective, but a obviously the draft perspective. But I think the fantasy perspective will be much better outlooking yeah. for him yeah. if he looks good in those drills. Yeah. So real quick, am I out on more? I'm not out. I, I give every I've, I've said this multiple times. I'm never out on a rookie after one season. Right. I give him two. I hope. That's all I'm going to say. I, I know Cliff said he's going to give him a bigger role. We hear this every year, every single year. I've yet to hear a coach say, nah, he's not going to have a bigger role. Nope, he's not going to be involved in the offense. The only coach that I've remotely heard say something like that was Mike Zimmer when he said, when they asked, are we, see, Mon. Yeah, are we going to see some Kellen Mond? He was like, no. And they were like, why? He's like, I've seen enough in practice. He's not going to play. So... At this stage, this is this is what everybody says, right? It's that stage of the process where you look at your dynasty team and you think, oh, I'm a piece away from being a contender next year. So I'm not out on Rondell. I just got to see it. The, the, the likelihood of him firing and being a top 15, top 20 wide receiver in fantasy, I, I don't know. Probably, probably slim. But let's get into the mock and talk about some players that we think are going to rise and fall uh, come tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, throughout the combine process. This was a super flex mock draft that we did uh, with the Destination Devi patrons, patreon.com forward slash prospect talk. Support the dope content creators over there. Super flex. We went four rounds. Normally, we've been two and two or three rounds on here. So we're just going to show the board and we're going to go through the, uh, Jay, I didn't mean to take you off the screen. My bad, bro. We're going to go through, just like talk through this and some players talk about the board, talk about some of the picks. I did not like my mock draft at all, Jay. I didn't like it. So we got uh got all this shit on the screen. JB was at 101. You had the 102. I was sitting at 106. And this thing started off Matt Corral, Malik Willis, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, and Traylon Burks down at the 105. I, I, I know a lot of people are seeing this and saying, what? How the hell does Traylon fall to 105? Here's the thought process, right? In Dynasty, let's just let's go worst case scenario. Let's go worst case scenario. Wide receivers, rookie wide receivers, if they fail year one, if they flop, the likelihood of them retaining the same value that they had coming into the rookie season going into year two is a lot less than the likelihood of a quarterback who either doesn't play or doesn't play well as a rookie, they're going to retain their value nine out of 10 times at a higher clip than wide receivers. Case in point, evidence that we saw this happen this past season. Sam Darnold, Jay, Daniel Jones, Taylor Heineke. We knew these guys were, were wet butt cheeks, wet, sweaty butt cheeks. We knew these guys stunk, right? And when Sam Darnold goes to the Panthers, there are trades out there. Go to Player Profiler, go to DLF, go to Trade Calculator. Trades where people were trading first-round picks to acquire Sam Darnold after three, four years of evidence that he was god-awful. Daniel Jones, we knew he sucked. And people were still giving up first-round picks for Daniel Jones. Receiver fails in year one? Rager, Henry Ruggs. I don't want to say they failed, but didn't produce at a super high clip. Jerry Judy, maybe you had some Judy truthers out there that would still give you a first-round pick, but the likelihood of a wide receiver retaining their value that they had during their rookie season going into year two if things don't break out, you know, Jamar Chase level, is significantly lower. So you may not like the quarterbacks in this class. You may not like them. But the likelihood of Malik Willis 
in year two, after whatever happens in year one, if he's a starting quarterback, he's going to have more value, worst case scenario, than any of the other wide receivers in this draft class. So for me, I think that's why, in my opinion, Matt Corral and Malik Willis are the two quarterbacks that I would feel comfortable taking early in Superflex drafts because they have the dual threat capability. I do believe they're going to go off of the draft board very early in the NFL draft, and they're going to have some insulation as starting quarterbacks for at least two, three, four years. So that's why I I think those were the two correct picks off of the board, followed by the running backs. Again, if you want to argue Burks over the running backs, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to battle you on that one, but I do think, uh, you know, the running back position, that's where the value is. And I'd much rather Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker, opposed to what you see in the second, third round. Brian Robinson, uh, Damian Pierce, I love me some Bam Knight, but I'd prefer those two running backs and then be able to double back with the Justin Ross, a Sky Moore, a Christian Watson. I just think there's more... There's more room for for variance with the wide receivers than there is with the running back position. But one through five, what did you think about that? Uh, I loved it. Obviously, for people who can't see and they're listening on the podcast, I was at the 102 spot. I loved the choice between Corral and Willis. This is where I would have went anyways. So I think if you're in the 102 spot, you're in a great spot because you're going to go with Corral, who's probably going to be the one or first or second quarterback off the board, and Willis, right, who also could be one of the first or second quarterbacks off the board. To your point about the running backs, I think it's fine, you know, whether you want to choose Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, I like it there. And then Traylon Burks. Um, and I know that you took, for kind of spoilers for the next pick, you took Drake London over Kenneth Walker. I did. Even though we've been talking about having these running backs kind of in a tier ahead of the wide receivers, right? These are our tier one players. It's Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall in the tier one, Malik Willis, Matt Corral in tier one. Pickett's kind of fallen out for us. He's kind of fallen towards tier two. And then we have Traylon Burks and Drake London definitely in tier one um, at the wide receiver position. But Kenneth Walker, I think, is a guy that's kind of on the fringe right now. We haven't decided whether we're going to keep him in tier one or we're going to put him in tier two. And so I think it's it's a fine spot, but we have still talked about taking these running backs over receivers, but you chose to go Drake London anyways. Yeah, I know, man. So so check it out. What we're going to do tomorrow, and this is new to my process, but I do prospect film grades where I just grade the film. I don't worry about the combine. I'm not looking at analytics. I'm not doing any of that. Just how are these dudes on the field? And I've got this whole model, this weighted system that spits out a number and it tells you, you know, based on what I believe to be valuable at, at the wide receiver and running back position, here's where they grade it out as. So for me, Drake London on my prospect film grades graded out as my wide receiver one in the 2022 class, right? I do believe he's going to get the draft capital. I don't know if he's testing at the combine or not. If I'm Drake London, I'm not doing anything at the combine, but he graded out as my top wide receiver by a nice margin over everybody else. So for me, after Traylon Burks is off the board, it was between my wide receiver one or my RB4 based on the film grades. And what I'm doing with those, and we're going to talk about this tomorrow, I'm going to give everybody on here my top five running backs and my top five wide receivers just based off the film grade. Those scores will not change. There's nothing that will happen from now throughout the rest of this process that are going to change the film grades. Those are locked in, and we're going to take a look at them at the end of the fantasy season to see how well I did grading these guys just based off the film. The only thing that will change my rankings between now 
and you know the start of the NFL season for the rookies is the NFL draft in more in in particular draft capital that will move the rankings around right so I've got Kyron Williams off of my film grade or Bam Knight let's let's take Bam Knight Bam Knight is my RB six based off of the film grades if Bam Knight goes round seven and Rashad White's a round two pick then I, I'm moving Rashad White up I'm moving Bam Knight down but I just solely wanted to eliminate all the noise focus on what I do which is grade players based on how they play on the fucking field and put out a grade for that and then be able to track that year to year. So for me, Drake London is my wide receiver one based off the film grade. He's going to get the draft capital, so I don't see him moving. And I love Traylon, but to get my top guy at 106, I was happy with it. Still love Kenneth Walker. Kenny Pickett off of the board at 108. Uh, Garrett Wilson dropped to 109, Sam Howell at 10, J-Mo, who very well could have been the first wide receiver off of the board, if not for the ACL tear, uh, at 111, and then Kyron Williams at 112. Jay, anybody in this first round that you think could really help themselves or hurt themselves at the NFL Combine? I think probably, for me, it's probably Isaiah Spiller. I think he has very little to lose at the Combine. Uh, the other guy that I thought about a little bit is Kyron Williams, like you talked about. If he comes in with a nice weight, he runs a fast time, his agility scores are going to be very fast. And so I think from those two standpoints, those are the two guys that I'm looking at right now in this first round. And so I'm curious your thoughts on Spiller, because I know you've obviously dove into the tape a lot on Spiller and kind of where you see him at and for me yeah man i follow the full work king i see the drills i, I love every right. all the work he does with spiller been working with him for two years um so you see it on tape like crazy but where are you at with spiller heading into the combine because i think he's one of the most interesting guys as far as the drills go and how he may perform yeah i think he could really help himself i think a lot of people think he's going to be slow <clears throat> and i don't think that's to be the case i think he's going to look well in the drills. so i think spiller's a player that could definitely help himself at the combine um, and like you said, Kyron Williams coming in, you know, hopefully at 200 pounds, not five foot seven, uh, could really help himself. And yes, we did snake it because there's no point to do a linear draft in this exercise. It just screws the teams at the back. I want to see how people, you know, would take the best players in these. So 201 GP, George Pickens, 22, Jahan Dotson, 23, David Bell, 24, Rashad White, 25, Chris Olave, 26, Tyler Algier. And I think we both have uh, Chris Olave. You really pointed this out, Jay. Chris Olave, somebody that can really rise up. And and let's be fair. I've been sort of a Chris Olave hater, man. I I, I don't like to consider myself <laughs> yeah. a hater, but I haven't been as high on Chris Olave as others. He's gonna look so smooth. <laughs> He's gonna yep. look so smooth. He's probably gonna run fast. Uh, he's just gonna look really good. I, I think he's going to look phenomenal. At the combine, uh, Rashad, uh, Deshaun, Jahan, Deshaun, 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 Jahan Dotson. I think he's another player who's going to look really well. And uh, Tyler Algier. So there's reports that Tyler Algier could run a four three nine, but then his high school one hundred meter dash time, uh, I think it was like eleven something. Doesn't really scream four three. Yeah, it, it's not bad, but it's not good either. It doesn't really scream four three to me. I think he could really help himself with the strong forty if he comes in and he mm -hmm. runs four five, which I think that's fine. I think he does, he remains unchanged. I think he's mid to late second round pick if he's a four or five really kind of guy. Eh? Yeah, four man, five would be like like a low that's, four that's, five that's, would be that's pretty fast for, that's, uh, but for I think a guy the, who the expectation, we expect to come in around two twenty, right? Like, well, the he's expectation is two twenty. 
The expectation is he's going to run a lot faster than that. And I think the general consensus, yeah. this isn't okay, me, true. I think the general consensus is, oh, my God, he's 4-3, four, 4-4. Four, four. If he runs 4-5, yeah. I think he's a player that people are going to be like, oh, we can't take him, he's not fast. But 4-5 at 220, the speed score is probably going to be off the chain. So I'm not exactly. tripping off of him. I'm just We're thinking about what's going to happen at the combine to have influenced these rookie drafts. And I think if Tyler Algier doesn't blaze the super fast 40 time, a lot of people are going to be thinking, oh, my God, he's not as fast as I thought. 4-5 is absolutely rolling at 220. Jahan Dotson, we want to make sure he's 5'10", right? Like 5'10". What's the minimum? Like 5'9", 180-something? Are you still in on Jahan Dotson at 5'9", 180? So actually, I was thinking about this a lot, watching his tape back a little bit yesterday, and I think for me it will come down to his catch radius. Um, I'm not so worried if he's 5'9", if he's got long arms and he's got big hands, because that's kind of what it looks like his game is. He's not very tall, but he, for whatever reason, can seem to still get over guys, kind of like Devontae Smith, right? Devontae Smith, even though he's still like 6'1", the big thing for him is that he's got super long arms, great hands, great body control. And I think Jahan Dodson is a player who, even though he's a little bit smaller, we're going to be looking at him and saying, okay, maybe he's not the tallest guy, but he's got the long arms and the ability to still go over guys and separate and use his body to make okay. catches. And so that's one of the reasons why Jay. I really like Jahan Dodson. Jay, I'm, I'm, this is it. I'm, I'm sick of it. Everybody dogging old GQ in the comments, talking about my 40 time, the over 485. Let's de- listen. <laughs> Jay, do you think I can crack sub 48? 485. Do you think I can crack okay. sub 485? Because people people the- keep going at keep keep coming at the kid <laughs> like I'm finna run a five flat out here. I'm cracking. Okay, so sub- but there's a big distinction. Is this going to be hand timed or is it going to be laser? Because we know there's a big difference. It's hand. We don't, dude. Let me. Let me. Show. <laughs> it's all technique. It's all technique. I'm. T- y'all think? Let me show you. Let me. Hold on. Hold on, Jack. Okay. All right. Look, Ray, look. Ray's getting in his stance. He's this pushing is the, the pack. Pa- look okay. at this. Look at this. You see this, Jay? You see this? I see you the see calves. That? I see the calves. No, 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 I'm no, a little no, scared no, right now. See. Look at that. That's power. Oh. You see that? You yeah, see I that? see it. I That's see you showing off the calves. You see that? Look, look, look. You see that? At speed, Ooh. when I'm down, look, when I'm, it's all technique, right? It's all technique. I'm here. Okay. I'm low. I'm low. Boom. I'm driving out. Hand up. Drive phase, right? Didn't you put your that? hand up. You didn't you put see? your hand up. No, you got to put the you hand see up. That? That's, that's <laughs> rocket fuel in these thighs. Anybody out there that wants to bet that old GQ can't crack sub four, eight, five, we can do it. Let's do it. I will I will hand time you myself, so you know it will be legit because I'm not I'm, gonna I'm, let some bullshit I'm out of, hand time come through. I'm, out, I'm not no coach. I'm out of breath. I am. Yeah, I am. You are. <laughs> two steps and you're ready for. You I'm need legitimately. The I'm legitimately. Okay, okay. so okay, where we, we at? were at, we were Sorry. talking about Jahan Dodson who went two two, David Bell two three. Um, one of the things I do want to point out with this mock draft, and we were talking about it in a separate chat, in a voice chat, we were hoping Kyron Williams would go one twelve. And the reason why is because he's that last running back in kind of his own tier where we believe he's much better than Rashad White, Tyler Algier, but not quite in the Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker tier. So we think he's a really like a French first round pick and you, you should not let him go past 2-1, 2-2 in your rookie drafts. Then especially when you have Bell, Dotson, Pickens, Alave, all very close. And my point to you about Alave was he's going to be the smoothest player of the draft. He's going to be calm, collected, senior, going to run fast, going to look excellent in the drills. I t- we talked earlier about not double counting these players. People are not going to be able to help themselves with Alave. His release is going to look good. He's going to look great in the gauntlet. He's going to look great in and out of breaks. He's going to run fast. 
and he's going in the first round. So after yeah. all of that happens, people are going to be like, yeah, Chris Love is pretty good, and they're going to shoot him off their boards. I'm not necessarily going to do that, but we talked about how there's a world where he is head and shoulders above David Bell, Jahan Dodson, George Pickens, and potentially in J-Mo territory when rookie drafts come around. And so I think from that standpoint, he could be a big riser once he shows everyone how good he is next to yeah. all these guys. And even next to Garrett Wilson, like he's probably going to look really good. Yeah. And uh, I, I just like, as, and as we're talking through this, like the same way I said about Tyler Algier, I think that's what could happen with 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 Isaiah Spiller. Like if he, I, I'm telling you, for me, I think he's like four five eight four six three. If he runs four six five, and let's say Kenneth Walker's a low four five, high four four, I, I think that will. I, I think you would probably move Spiller probably behind Burks, uh, not us, but I think what will happen is he'd probably be going behind Burks, behind London. You bump Kenneth Walker up, so you might be able to get Spiller at the one seven one eight. Shit, you might even people may even take Garrett Wilson over him. I'm just I'm trying to think of what's going to happen. And shout out to my girl yeah. Joe. We ain't seen Joe in a minute. She says she had been down and out for a little bit. We're glad you're here. Uh, Joe, you know we love you. You're one of the loyal supporters, so glad you're feeling better and can join us. And I showed those calves just for you because I know you like I know you like big calves. She hates hates those Isaiah Spiller calves. I don't blame her. Um, but let's finish yeah. up. So second round, we got Carson Strong, Wondell Robinson, B. Rob, Justin Ross. Man, starting to fly up a lot of people's boards. I know you yep. and my man Fusu Vu have been talking about Justin Ross a ton. Sky Moore and Christian Watson. This is where I think shit gets interesting, right? Like, after, like, the 206-205, I'm, I'm pretty confident that the top 16 picks, 17 picks are going to be pretty much what they are in some order. When you're talking about the back half of the second for players that can move up based on the combine, I, I'm looking at Christian Watson. He already weighed in and measured in at the senior bowl at 6'4", 211. If he goes sub 4'4", Jay, we already locked in a $100 bet on this show that he's going to be a top 64 pick. He's going to be a was top it a $100 bet, though? It was $100. I got it written down. It was $100 because you just throw money out there, big bank Canadian. Um, so it's 100 U.S. currency dollars, not Canadian shit, U.S. dollars. All right. Uh, Christian Watson's going to fly up. I, I, Justin Ross... I don't know, but I'm starting to get more on board with him being a value. If Wondell Robinson's 5'8", he's dropping. If Wondell's 5'8", there's no way I'm taking – and I love Wondell, man. I, I don't think he's as fast. They got a, The prospects has him at a 4'4'5". Uh, Rondell ran 4'3'3", handheld, so you bump that up for the combine. He's 4'3'9", 4'4'' flat. I do not believe Wondell's that level of speed. B-Rob, more and more talk about B-Rob being a second-round pick. Yikes. Oh, man. Um, we'll see, right? We'll, we'll see how this plays out. I, but I think this is where stuff will get interesting in the back half of the second round. So at the top of the third, we've got Damian Pierce, Desmond Ritter, Bam Knight, Jalen Weidermeyer, Trey McBride, and Jerome Ford. Pardon me. Jerome Ford going to be one of the fastest running backs at the Combine. I think this is a pipe dream thinking about getting Jerome Ford at 3-6 after the combine. Like, it, he's going to run sub 4-5. I'm not saying sub 4-4. He's going to be a 4-4 something, Jerome Ford. Bam Knight, a player that I think has a really good chance to rise because I do think he's got that type of speed. He's got the size. 
three straight 700-yard seasons isn't, isn't anything to get super excited about. But in my film grades, I don't – third and fourth round players, and I've talked about this a bunch, Jay – Third and fourth round players, I'm not looking for the complete profile. I'm just looking for skill set. Does said player have the skill set to get on the field? And you know who Bam Knight's sort of, I don't want to say career arc, but sort of like claim to getting on the field reminds me of, Jay? It reminds me Nine of Hines. No, Khalil Herbert. It reminds me of Khalil okay. Herbert. Like Bam Knight was one of the best kick returners in college football last season. There's a chance that he, he he gets drafted, he makes the 53, and he's the team's kick returner from day one. I think he had three kick return touchdowns in his career at North Carolina State. He's got this. He's, he's I think he's got decent size. I think he could be the kick returner right away, and that yields for opportunity. Right? We talk about we're looking for players who have an opportunity to get an opportunity to get on the field and produce. So I think Bam Knight. I don't think he could be a faller because he's already kind of viewed probably as a day three pick. But with a strong combine, we could see him get like Ramondre Stevenson type draft capital fourth round, which would be great for Bam Knight. And if you get a fourth round running back, uh, a running back draft in the fourth round of the NFL draft here as a 3-3, that could be the team's kick returner from day one. Love it for him. Uh, Damian Pierce, somebody that we talked about being a riser. Uh, Where are you at with, I, I didn't even ask you, uh, the back half of that second, the top of the third. What are you thinking, Jay? Um, the biggest guy for me that I took was Sky Moore, right? I took him at 211. Uh, there's a lot of hype of him and Elijah Moore, and I need the people to understand. Sky Moore is not Elijah Moore. He will never be Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore did what he did in the SEC against some of the top players in the country week after week after week. Sky Moore did it at Western Michigan. Now, to be fair, he had 51 receptions, 800 yards, and three touchdowns as a freshman. That was playing, I believe, next to Dwayne Eskridge at Western Michigan. In his final season, he had 95 yards, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. He was PFF's fourth-highest-graded wide receiver. He played wide, he played wide out 65% of the time, 35% in the slot, top 10 in yards per route run, and T1 in missed tackles forced in the country with 26. People are hyping up Sky Moore a lot. And I think he's going to rise when you see him at the combine. He's only 5'10", 195, so he's not going to be the biggest guy out there. He's not going to look like an X receiver. But he's a player who can do a lot for an offense. And, you know, he's a guy that in fantasy will really prop up. And while I like Sky Moore, I think that people are going to make the Elijah Moore, the more-to-more comp far too often. And he may go a little bit too high than I like in rookie drafts. Again, he played at Western Michigan. There are competition concerns there for me. But he's a good player. He's an early declaree. You look at him next to Christian Watson, I would much rather take a highly productive freshman who is an early declaree, who is a great um, athlete, clearly, grades out well in all the films in all the film scores yeah. over a guy who's playing FCS level and takes five years I to get come it. out. I get That's it. I get my it. process. I get but it. I like no. more, and I think he's I a good it. value. And then the, then the other thing, too, is Ritter. Uh, he might be a second-round pick, and that's why I took him here. Of course, you had to go and change the draft and added a fourth round in this mm-hmm. draft. I did. So I probably wouldn't have taken Ritter there. But, um, again, if you take Ritter in the third round and he ends up going in the second round, that's pretty damn good value. No, um, that's and good then value. The other thing, too, that I wanted to mention is after Bam Knight, we had Jalen Wadamire, We had Trey McBride at 304-305. That's about where I'm going to be start looking for those tight ends. I don't think I see them going much earlier than that. Maybe Wadamar if he tests well, because you know you've mentioned that you think once he tests, he will really separate himself as really the only early declaree from this uh, tight end class. You saw the rest in Mobile. 
So how are you, where are you at kind of with Wadamar and can you think he creeps into that second round or do you think he's probably a third round guy? First of all, Desmond Ritter's drafted in the second round. If you get a quarterback in super flex in round three that had top 50 draft capital, that's a win. I'm not even the big Desmond Ritter fan, but that probably yields him an opportunity to start. And if you don't like said quarterback, trade him. You could at least probably get a 2024 first for him. So I think that's incredible value. Um, I'm with you, Sky Moore. You know the balls that it takes to be um, play in the MAC conference and say, I don't need to stay an additional year or yeah. two because I'm that good. I know I played in the MAC. I didn't play against uh, – I didn't even go to the Senior Bowl. I didn't even wait until I was Senior Bowl eligible. I'm that good that I can leave Western Michigan, get good draft feedback, and come out early. I'm telling you, I like Sky Moore a lot, and if he tests well – Day two draft capital is on the horizon for Scott Moore. I like it. The tight ends, Widermeyer's my tight end one. Uh, Prize picks has his over under 40 time at 471. He cracks up that. He's, he should be locked in. He's, he's an outstanding blocker. He's good uh, in his route schemes and, and how he works that. I think he's the best tight end in the class. I like Trey McBride a lot too. I don't know if I would take either of those guys over Ford and given the hype that James Cook has right now over James Cook. But maybe, right? Like, maybe. And like Zamir White, I'm looking. Like, there's some players that went late that I'd probably take before the tight ends. But after Jerome Ford, we got James Cook, Jalen Tolbert, Ty Chandler, my guy. That's one of my guys. That's one of my 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 combine risers. Ty Chandler, Isaiah Likely, no thank you at 310. Abram Smith, 311. Hassan Haskins at 312. Ty Chandler, just keep the name on your radar, y'all. Uh Highly touted recruit coming out of high school, goes to Tennessee, competition with Eric Gray. He transfers, Eric Gray transfers. He goes to North Carolina and absolutely smashes this year. I believe Todd McShay, for what it's worth, I'm just I'm just saying, I'm not the only one touting him. I was the first, but not the only. Todd McShay talked about him on the ESPN podcast the other day. I think he's going to be a riser. Uh, day three pick, more than likely, I would bet he's a day three pick. But again, when I'm looking at third and fourth round rookie picks, I don't care how old they are. I don't care about how many carries they had. I'm just looking at the skill set. Does said player have the skill set to produce? If if y'all don't take anything away from this episode, one, go back, look at the Cavs, and make a determination on if I can run sub 485. And two, go look up just YouTube scout Ty Chandler. Just look at the highlights. Just, just look at them. And say, hmm, if this guy gets a shot, can he be productive? They, it, there's some things on there that that are, are that will excite you and arouse you with Ty Chandler, um, Abram Smith. We'll see how that plays out. Hassan Haskins. Um, we shall see. I think the fourth round is where there was a ton of good value, in my opinion. Jay John Mechie at four one, Zamir White at four two. Kevin Harris at 4-3. Give me all the Kevin Harris in the fourth round as I can take. Tyler Batty, Beatty. If you want to give me Tyler Beatty, Batty in the fourth round, I'll take it. Like, those first four picks in the fourth round might be better than the first four picks in the third round. Give me Mechie. Give me White. Give me Kevin Harris. Give me Tyler B. Uh, Ja'Shawn Corbin, another player, was at, uh, you know, at Texas A&M, transfers of Florida State, skill set, Khalil Shakir here at 4'6", Jerrion Ely at 4'7". Like, when you're talking about dart throws in the fourth round, 
They did it right. Give me the dart throws on the running backs, yo. Give me Ely. Give me Corbin. Give me Tyler. Give me Kevin Harris. Give me Zamir White. Keontae Ingram at the 410. I don't know about CJ Verdell. I used to be on Verdell. I don't know about Verdell anymore. But give me those run. Give me all of these fourth round running backs over Romeo Dubs, over Greg Dolch, even though I think Dolch is a nice tight end. Give me all of these fourth round running backs, yo. There's gonna be there's going to be somebody of Harris White. Tyler B, Corbin, Ely, Pierre Strong, Keontae. One of those guys is going to get an opportunity, or a couple of them are going to get an opportunity at the most fragile position in the NFL. Fourth round, I'm taking nothing but dart throws on freaking running backs, man. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's crazy to me because while I'm not necessarily taking Mechie at the top of this third, and, and I wouldn't hesitate, I've done it before, it's crazy to me that nobody wants him. Because even in mocks, I'm seeing him mocked in the top 64 definitely in the top three rounds uh the ely pick yeah people are all on that one i like that pick a lot he's a very versatile back obviously zamir white big back we'll see what he does at the combine but again one two bruiser we've shown that he has an elite skill set at doing that in the fourth round that's great kevin harris we talked about how he's a multifaceted back who can do a lot but we'll see right i think that for me mechie's still the best pick like just players that i think have supremely talented upside like i just think that mechie can really do it in the nfl and for whatever reason people are just off him entirely and so if you see Mechie in the third, back of the third, fourth round, I would be smashing that all day. But I get want to take the shot on the running backs because the value goes up exponentially once they become the starter. Even if it's just for one week or just for, you know, half a week because someone gets hurt, there is tons of value to be had in these running backs. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I, I, let me stop being nasty. Greg Dolce is nice. Like, I like him a lot, right? I think I like him over Isaiah Likely a tad bit. I, I do. I think I have him. I don't do film grades for tight ends because it kind of doesn't matter to me. I'm just looking for athleticism, and that's really it. Are they going to land on an offense that probably needs a tight end? That's all I'm really looking for unless it's a Kyle Pitts, Pat Fryermuth, even Evan Ingram coming out of Ole Miss type prospect. But listen, again, in the fourth round, third, fourth round of your rookie drafts, my advice to you, everybody out there, Take the dart throws on some of these running backs, right? Like, and when I'm looking, like Kevin Harris, six, you know, five foot ten, two twenty, might run four five speed score, you know, good. We talked about Tyler Algier, that same size, running four five. Like he's a guy that, like, kind of reminds you of a little bit of Mike Davis, right? They both played at South Carolina. They both have that type of build. Um, I, I like the dart throw on 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 Dolce at four twelve, man. Even in a even in a single PPR league. I'd rather take him at 412 than than maybe, you know, invest. I've seen people take Trey McBride in the second, like late second. No, thank you. I'd, I'd rather just take the dart throw on the tight end in the fourth. But, uh, yeah, man, that's this is – we did this, and my strategy was I, I didn't have Jerome Ford graded out super high in my prospect film grades, but I think once he runs fast, he's going to be propped up. I don't think – I think after Thursday, there will be no more Jerome Ford at 3-6. It's not happening. Yeah, And there's going to be a couple of other players. I think Zamir White, there's no way he's going in the fourth round. I think there were just some steals in this. Um, it's the first time we've done a full four-round mock on this thing. Were there any any players that we didn't talk about, Jay, that you think you really, um, you really think is going to surprise, shock, hurt, or help themselves at the combine this, uh, tomorrow? Uh, not really. I think we touched on a lot of guys. The one guy we didn't talk about too much was Christian Watson, right? You, you mentioned how you think that while the height weight was there, seeing him next to some of those high-end prospects and seeing how talented he really is could boost his stock. 
I drafted Sky more kind of about where I would take him, maybe a little bit earlier. Um, you know, we talked about Rondell Robinson, probably the most likely faller in the first two rounds is Rondell Robinson and the tight ends, but the tight ends aren't going there yet. But if they if they were going there, they're probably not gonna be going there after the combine. And then other than that, like Justin Ross, we'll see. He's kind of a wild card. I don't know if we're going to get like true medical reports. We won't really know what the medical is checked out as until the actual NFL draft comes because that's when we'll find out when he's drafted. If the medicals check out, he's probably going to go, what, second round, third round? If they don't check out, then you're looking at probably a sixth round pick. I've comped him a lot to Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. was the number one pick in the NBA. Could have been the number one pick. Got hurt, had back issues, went like 15th overall. And this offseason, he just got a max contract. Justin Ross has that kind of upside if the medicals check out. We'll see what happens. But I think that that to me is kind of like comp. Because it, people who know Michael Porter Jr., they know he's pretty damn good, had a lot of injuries. Justin Ross, stud freshman. Then after that, we're kind of waiting to see what happens. You're looking at me funny. What's going on? Um, Interesting comp for... um. For Justin Ross, um, even if the medicals check out, I don't, I don't think there's a chance in hell he would have been one of the top receivers in this class. I like him. I think he's good. I think he's a value, but there's no way he would be going ahead of Traylon or Garrett Wilson or Jamison Williams. I mean, that was 20 – that freshman season was what, 2018, 2019? Yeah, but I'm saying like the point is the trajectory was really thrown off, right? Like that's, that's part of the problem. Oh. He, he was – remember, he was number one, right? He – he was basically wide receiver one coming okay. after that freshman season. And so you think if it kept accelerating, the thing for, for Porter Jr. was he was able to go to the draft, whereas obviously uh -huh. Justin Ross wasn't. So he was just hurt and out and couldn't do a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Got you. All right. Well, it's going to be yeah, 2018. That was a long time ago, man. A long time ago. 2018. Long time ago. Um, I like Ross, though. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out, man. Uh, but, yeah, so Combine started Thursday tomorrow on the show. So I think a lot of rookie mocks are going to change. And I saw some people talking about Kevin Harris. Let's be honest. I had Kevin Harris as my RB3 going into the college football season. Going into yeah. this year, I got videos out there. I had Kevin Harris at RB3 based on what he did in a 10-game sample size at South Carolina during that COVID season. And then he broke his damn back. He broke his back. And he didn't like he didn't play. He was in and out of the lineup early that, that led way for Zaquandre White playing really well. But I like Kevin Harris a lot, too, coming into this draft. He was right up there. It was Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Kevin Harris. So I, I still think the talent is there. The talent didn't go anywhere. We just wanted to make sure his back is straight, man. We just need to make sure his back is straight. I think we're going to see a lot of movement in these rookie drafts after the combine. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to go through the prospect film grades. I'm giving you my top five running backs just based on the tape will change after draft capital is determined. I think if if you guys didn't listen to any fantasy analysis from anybody and you just drafted based on draft capital, like that's probably like the biggest X factor, right? I, I listen to a lot of different people and a lot of people are kind of backing off of the breakout age stance that, you know, a couple of years ago, if they didn't break out at 18, they suck. But if you didn't get a chance to play till you were 19 and 20 and then you broke out right away, that sort of makes up for the early age breakout. But ultimately, draft capital, if you just drafted off of draft capital, yes, you would. there would be some misses, but the probability of your hits would be a lot higher. So for me, um, I'm, I, I do what I do best. I don't do data. I use, you know, Jordan Backus. I use Matt Kelly. I use Josh Larkey. I use other people for my data. And then I, I rely on what I see, what I know, 
and and that's the film. So we're not going to change much based off the combine. Everything will change based on draft capital, right? And that's 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 how I roll. That's how I do it. So we'll see how it plays out. But tune into tomorrow's show so we can go through the top five running backs, top five wide receivers, last final combine thoughts. If you need to go put some bets in on prize picks to make that money with some of these combine lines, link in the description. Use the promo code WAKEUP. I'm glad everybody tapped in today. Joe, I'm glad you're feeling better. Ricardo, my man, Andrew, Mike, William, five-star Pete, Terrence, Shane, Mike, Derek, Gabriel. We appreciate you. We love you. We'll be back tomorrow. Y'all have a good Wednesday. We out. Peace.